Welcome back to Chat After Hours. I'm Tori. I'm Dane. And it's December. Yes, it is. Brand new month, brand new episodes. Whoop, whoop. With that, we're going to roll out some changes. We're going to change up the setup here, how things are done. Uh, we want to test it out in these first few episodes. So if you guys could let us know what you think. Yes, we- please let us know. We, we, we want the feedback and everything. Yeah, we would definitely appreciate it. And let us know if you guys think... The new layout and how we sound yeah, is better. How, yeah, exactly. And how everything is going for you. Yeah, because your opinion matters to us. We yes. want to hear back from you guys. And so that we can make it more enjoyable. Yes. We don't want you guys to have anything that you don't enjoy. Yeah, and we hope that you guys enjoyed your holiday break. Oh, yes. We hope we hope that as well. We definitely did. It made us sit down and really think about some of the changes and how we want to go about this. Yep. So with that, let's get into it. Before we start, I want to preface that this episode is going to talk about violence, murder, death, uh, some gruesome details here. So if you have issues with that, we totally understand not listening. Yeah, we totally understand. It's a it's a lot of very descriptive subjects that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people won't be comfortable with. Yeah, it's, it's a hard topic to sit there and actually listen to. Yeah. So we totally get it. We're not offended. If you don't want to listen, it's okay. Yeah, we have a previous episode you can listen to or even next week's episode that's coming up. Yeah, there's so, lots of options for you. So you're good. No worries. So with that being said... Let's do it. Let's go. Let's venture into the dark side. Yes. So we're going to start this op- this episode off by talking about Richard Ramirez. Yep. He was a serial killer, a serial rapist, and a burglar who was known as the Night Stalker. He was born and raised in El Paso, Texas, and he lived here until the age of 22. See, I thought he was born here and then immediately moved. Like as a child? Yes, as a child. (laughs) I think a lot of people think that, but I also think a lot of people don't correlate him to El Paso because if you think about it, his murders and activity as a serial killer took place in California. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people recognize him more with California than they do El Paso. Yeah, that's that's how I did. <laughs> so There you go. Case yeah. point proven. Yeah, it's true. So he did live in Central. The house that he lived in and grew up in is no longer there. It was part of those that were torn down when they created a new park. So if you're driving in El Paso and you're heading east on the freeway, there's that park between 54 and uh, Reynolds. Yeah, Reynolds. That's exactly where his house was. Yeah. yeah. And so it was torn down to accommodate that park. And because of the area he lived in, he did go to Jefferson High School, home of the Silver Foxes, but dropped out his freshman year. Wow. So early. I mean, it's not surprising when you think about the childhood he had. By the age of 10, he was already, already dabbling with marijuana, LSD, stuff like that. Oh, okay. That Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, so it's kind of just like he was already with the rebel. Yeah. Didn't really I don't care about school. Yeah, exactly. So the sad part about his upbringing, and to me it's personally sad. Others might might not find it sad. He probably didn't find it sad. 
but he was influenced by family members, and that led to his gruesome murders and peeping Tom tendencies. Oh. So one of his older cousins was a vet of the armed services, and him and Ramirez would bond by smoking joints and talking about his war stories, like the gruesome violence that he saw and partook in. Yeah, that's no bueno. Like, as a 10-year-old, that's not something you want to be talking about. I, I don't want to hear that at all as a 10-year-old. Yeah, like, like my uh, brother's 10, or no, he's older than 10, but he's like two years older. He's like, like 12. I don't want to watch TV and you know, be over here than here. Oh, yeah, murder and stuff. Yeah, he'd rather talk to me about his karate lesson than yeah, murder. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, different time, different age, yeah. so can't really say much there. no. And as for his peeping Tom tendencies, um, that was due to his sister's husband, who also had peeping Tom tendencies. Yeah, it's just, no. Oh, God. And if you don't know what a peeping Tom is, it's somebody who watches you discreetly, like, looks into your bedroom while you're changing and doing other acts. Yeah, it's a, no. It's really creepy. It's really creepy. Yeah. Also, from a young age, he declared himself a Satanist. But we will touch on that more in the episode. Yeah, we will. So he had a total of fourteen victims in the years he was at in the year he was active. Oh wow! Because he was active from April tenth, nineteen eighty four, to August twenty fourth, nineteen eighty five. Jeez! During this time, he had an array of weapons, including guns, knives, a machete, a tire iron, and a hammer. Wow, that's a lot of close contact. Yeah, he had a large arsenal of weapons there. Yeah, like big time. Oh, a machete? Jeez. Yeah. He actually didn't get that until, like, April 1985, I believe. Don't really? Yeah. It was later that he received the machete. Huh. Okay. But it's still interesting, like, well, not interesting, but just the, yeah. the number of weapons that he would choose from. Yeah, that's, that, that's a long selection. It's a lot. Yeah, it is. So, before becoming known as the Night Stalker... His first murder actually occurred April 10th, 1984, and it involved a nine-year-old little girl. No. She was stabbed to death in the basement of the hotel that they were staying in. Uh. So, although this was his first known murder, it was not immediately correlated to him as, like, the Night Stalker okay. until 2009 with the help of DNA. Wow. Many like, years later. Yeah, I mean, it took that long. But, I mean, in the 80s, DNA analysis wasn't what it is today no yeah it was it was nothing compared to how it is today at all no and even still in 2016 they were able to discover a second set of dna that linked them to another person but they couldn't file charges because they lacked evidence that they helped with the murder or anything so they could have just been a bystander yeah oh my god yeah, but they won't release who that person is because they were a juvenile at the time. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. And, like, imagine being that person and holding on to that for this many years. That's just eating away. That's sad. Like, I would go mad. No, I would, too. Like, I that's just something weighing on your conscience that you don't need. Always remembering that, like, uh So, before we go into his murders as the Night Stalker... Let's keep in mind that this was the early 80s. Yes. And from all accounts that talk about his criminal activity, they say that this is when people would, like, leave their doors open and unlocked at night to get cool air, uh, windows. Like, people basically, you just had, like, easy access to people's homes. Oh, God. Yeah. No. So keep that in mind. I mean, today, I would never think of doing that. No, I wouldn't either. I, uh, I would just 
turn my heater on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like I open my windows to get fresh air, but when I go to bed, I close them. Yeah, no. I don't want that cold air coming in. I don't want bugs. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you don't want those either. Yeah, I really don't want bugs, but I couldn't imagine living in that time where central air conditioning wasn't what it is today. Oh, yeah, no. No, thank you. <laughs> no. So his first official murder, while known as the Night Stalker, took place June 28th, 1984 and involved a 79 year old woman she had been stabbed to death as well as her throat being deeply slashed so that her head was on the verge of decapitation jesus what did he kill her with because he didn't get the machete till 1985 i don't know so what knife does that kind of damage uh butcher knife oh yeah maybe i mean those things are pretty thick they are (laughs) and they're meant to cut meat so yeah that's just it's scary to think about and very sad too yeah i know it is like ow oh yeah so his victims ranged in age from eight years old to 83 years old the eight-year-old was never harmed he was just like he scared him because he had walked in on him i think he was assaulting the mom oh wow yeah so he had walked in and he like bound the eight-year-old so like he couldn't run away okay but he never like physically assaulted him or anything like that he just tied him up Mm-hmm. Wow. And there were some victims that survived. Like, there was a 16-year-old girl who was bludgeoned Duh. on her skull with a tire iron. Jeez. Yeah, she needed 478 stitches. Duh. Like, oh, that just sounds so painful. That sounds painful. And it just makes you feel so bad for these people. It really does. Like, where Like where does, where do you think this is okay? Right? You know? Exactly. He like, thought it was just, okay. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't wrap my head around it. I can't either. It's just so sad and scary to think about. Oh, it is. So, one of the interesting things about his victims is that, well, it's not about his victims that make it interesting. Yeah. It's about him, and it deals with his Satanism. Okay. So, he, the victims he would burglarize. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there were other acts that were performed before they were burglared. Yes. But he would have them lead him around the house to items of value. No. And then once they had done that and he had collected everything, he would tell them to swear to Satan. Okay. That, like, they weren't hiding anything from him and they had given him everything. That was his own way of saying, <clears throat> like, yeah, can I trust that you're, you know... Yeah. Telling the truth, you know, because that's his like, own way. I correlate it with a pinky promise. Yeah. No, I do too. That makes a lot of sense. And, and you know. <laughs> yeah. So. I correlate it with a pinky promise, but yeah. maybe to him it was, okay, so they're swearing, swearing to Satan that they've given me everything. Yeah. And this is who I believe in. So by them saying this, I can trust them that they're not tricking me. Exactly. Because they wouldn't say it. <laughs> I don't think, you know, other than him being there, they would say it, you know. I mean, under the pressure, I feel like I would just say it to say it. I would say it too. But I don't. Yeah. I don't it's, know. Yeah, like, it's that's scary. That is scary. That's super scary. And I mean, I take pinky promises very literal. Oh well, yeah, I think <laughs> I do too. So. So I feel like this was something for him that he needed. Yeah. To and, to clarify, like, all right, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I feel like also. If they did it, maybe it was like their saving grace. Yeah. And he wouldn't have a need to go after them further. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, man. It's a lot to digest. It is a lot to digest. It's also really scary. It is. Super scary. 
Yeah. And to think like you think about this stuff and you feel like it's so much further back in history. Yeah. But it's really not. It's not. No, it's, it's not at all. It's like 20, almost 30 years 20, back. 30, 20, 30 years. Yeah, pretty much. Like that's that's the crazier part to me is that it wasn't so far away. It wasn't. Even it, though it feels like it was. Yeah, it feels like forever, but it really wasn't that forever ago. Yeah, it really wasn't. So one of the last encounters that Ramirez had was when he broke into the house of a 30-year-old male and his 29-year-old fiance. Wow. Yeah, he broke in through the back door. He awakened the male when he cocked his 25 caliber handgun at him. Oh, jeez. Yeah, he shot him three times in the head and then turned his attention to the female. Oh. He told her that he was the night stalker and first forced her to swear she loves Satan as he beat her with his fists and bound her with neckties from the closet. Oh my god. That is just sad. And when I first like was reading about that and learning more about him, the neckties, like I thought of like the zip ties, but then I realized he's using her fiance's like literal ties. Yeah. To tie her. Oh like, god. That is just yeah, that's... It makes it more personal. It does. Gets that's in their the, head. Yeah, like, that's the scary part. Yeah. I couldn't. So, he stole what he could find, and then he did rape her. Uh, he demanded cash and jewelry from her, and again, made her swear on Satan... Of course. ...that there was no more stuff. Jeez. Yeah. Ugh. But he's so open with it at yeah. that point. He's yeah. just like, yeah, it's me. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's me. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so she was able to untie herself and got to a neighbor's house for help. She was severely injured. So was her fiance. Uh, they did remove two bullets from the fiance and he did survive. That's crazy. That is yeah. so crazy. <laughs> but it also, like, I want to know if these survivors have ever told their stories. I don't know. I would kind of... I would be interested in them, and I would want to hear them or read them. Yeah. Because there's a survivor from Ted Bundy, and I believe it's a sorority house case. Okay. There's a survivor from that case who has spoken out. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I need to listen to it again. But she has made comments on it. So I want to know if any of these people have. Yeah, I'd be curious to see. I want to know if any of them are still alive. I'm sure, like, some of them are. I'm sure, yeah, some of them are, yeah. Yeah. So, um, because he was so in her face, she was able to give a detailed description of her assailant to investigators. Police also obtained a cast of his footprint from outside a house. Oh, jeez. So they knew what kind of shoes he was wearing. Of course. He had stolen a car, and they did find it. And in the car, they obtained a single fingerprint from the rearview mirror. Huh. Interestingly enough, he wiped down the rest of the car. Wow. Just not that. That one particular that, yeah, spot. That one spot. Fatal mistake is he didn't wipe down that one spot. She's like, yeah, it's all good. It's fine. I wiped everything down and then touches it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, so he, again, petty crimes, stuff like that. Of course. So he had been arrested for um, auto theft previously. Mm. Okay. So his fingerprints and mugshot are already in the system. So leaving behind your fingerprint like that. You're done for. That's it. They've caught you. That's already it. It's like, oh, here. That's him. That's the guy. Yeah, you're just handing yourself over to them at that point. He was already in our computers. 
or whatever they pretty did. Mu- yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So the print obviously positively, positively identified as belonging to Ramirez. They had described him as a 25-year-old drifter from Texas mm. with a long rap sheet that included many arrests for traffic and illegal drug violations. Law enforcement decided to release a media mugshot of him so people knew who he was. Of course. They held a press conference and at that conference stated, we know who you are now and soon everyone else will. There will be no place you can hide. Wow. That's Mm -hmm. That's a pretty big like, hey, we know who you are. Yeah. So ironically enough with his capture, he was keeping tabs on media coverage of his crimes. Huh. But at the time of his capture, had no idea he was a wanted man. That's a that's probably the bad choice of him not seeing the <laughs> right? Like TV. the one day you don't watch the news Where's and it like, comes out that you're wanted. He's like, I can't wait to go over here. Huh. I, I, I won't miss anything important. On <laughs> right? Like, I don't want to say in his defense. Yeah. But the way the story goes is that he was traveling to Arizona to visit his brother. Yeah. So Ramirez is the youngest of five siblings. Mm-hmm. And he was traveling to see his brother in Arizona. The brother didn't show or something happened there. Yeah. And so he decided, well, I'm just going to head back to California. Hmm. So he's traveling on bus, and the terminal he pulls into, there's police officers there. Like, obviously, they're staking it out to see if he's going to run from California oh, yeah. on a bus, not knowing that he was already out of California. Right. <laughs> um, so there's police officers there. They're like, his mugshot is on the newspaper, it's on the news stations, like, radio stations are talking about it. It's everywhere. Yeah. And he still doesn't have any idea he has that no he's idea. wanted. He has no idea that they know who he is, and he's like, <laughs> he's being like, you know, pursued, yeah. wanted. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. So. The crazier part is he was identified by a group of elderly women. Wow. Yeah. So right. some little old ladies that were huddled there together <laughs> saw him, recognized him, and said, El Matador, which means the killer. El Matador. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how they sounded, but I, okay. I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so these little old ladies identified him, mm. and after that, the cops chased him like because he fled the scene obviously yeah i mean if you're gonna run (laughs) yeah so they chased him he fled the scene he ended up trying to hijack a lady Mm. uh he was chased off by bystanders yeah bystanders i can never (laughs) say that word bystanders Bystanders. (laughs) yeah bystanders people standing by (laughs) yeah those people they chased him away he jumps on fences he ended up in a neighborhood he also did cross the freeway at one point wow yeah so he ended up in this neighborhood he tried not once but twice to hijack cars in the neighborhood all right yeah so he was caught by neighbors that were out and they beat him until the cops arrived i mean you know (laughs) that's kind of a i don't know i don't know what other response he would have gotten right so his actual date of apprehension is august 31st 1985 jeez 36 years ago oh yeah my My boyfriend was born that month and that year oh my gosh yeah so that's how i know it's like that far back it's like that's it's it's a pretty uh yeah like but if you think about it, if he had paid attention to the news and wasn't on a bus that day... He probably wouldn't have got caught. No. I feel like he would have seen that he was a wanted man ah. and stayed on the run. True. I don't think he would have gone back to California. No, he wouldn't have. He probably would have stayed in Arizona or come back to Texas. He probably would have. Yeah. Oh. But if he, hadn't, like, if he had seen the news, 
he would know. Yeah, he would know. But he didn't see the news, so that's why he came back and what led to him getting caught, too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy to think. Hmm. Right? Jeez. Does my mind work like a serial killer because I thought that way? Like, oh, oh. It's like I'll be going now. <laughs> no, just kidding. Okay. So even though he was apprehended in 1985, he didn't go to court and like they didn't move on it until 1988, I believe. It's a little bit of a wait time. Right. Like, you ask me. I would think for such a high profile case and who he was and the extent of his crimes. Yeah. You would want to just get it over with. Right. Let's just do it now. Let's, yeah. Let's, like let's, science sealed, delivered, you're done. Let's let's just get the case over with. But no, it's like, no, we're going to wait. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> uh, I don't know. All right. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can look into that later. Right, definitely. Yep. So during his first court appearance, he drew a pentagram, pentagram on the palm of his hand, raised it into the air, and yelled, Hail Satan. Wow. Yep. Man. So his beliefs stuck with him. And oh, yeah, definitely. He, he, he praised it. Yeah. I mean, no judgment to anybody. Like, everyone has their own beliefs in what they believe in. Yeah, of course, yeah. We're just stating that from when he was probably a pubescent teenager yes. till he died, yes. he acknowledged that he was a Satanist. Exactly. That's pretty much all we're doing. Yep. That's mm -hmm. it. Yep. We're not judging. Nope. Not nope. at all. So he ended up being convicted of 13 counts of murder, 5 counts of attempted murder, 11 counts of sexual assault, and 14 counts of burglary. Jeez. Yeah, so those five counts of attempted murder are people he victimized but survived. That's so, crazy. like the girl who was beat with the tire iron, um, the guy who was shot but they pulled the bullets from him. Oh god! Yeah, yeah probably some other victims. Uh, and I know you're you're probably thinking, well, he has fourteen victims. Again, that first murder of the nine-year-old little girl mm -hmm. was not correlated to him until two thousand nine. Yeah, so it was a while before they found out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's why he has 14 victims, but was only charged for 13 counts of murder. Yeah. Uh, so sentencing. Sentenced to die via California's gas chamber. Of course. He is quoted as telling reporters, big deal. Death, was all, death always went with the territory. See you in Disneyland. Jeez. Yeah. No remorse there, buddy. Nope. He did. He thought everything he did was all right. Yeah. So... The judge who upheld Ramirez's 19 death sentences remarked that his deeds exhibited cruelty, callousness, and viciousness beyond any human understanding. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Straight up, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he showed no remorse for it, obviously. Um, after his death, a uh, psychologist came out and said that he was a made psychopath not a born psychopath yeah i mean from his background and the two people that he associated with the most well yeah i mean it's to be expected yeah so there's a lot of confusion i guess in some people on whether serial killers fall into the sociopath or psychopath yeah category yeah. so a sociopath is a person with a personality disorder manifesting itself in extreme antisocial attitudes and behavior and a lack of conscience. Yeah. A psychopath is a person suffering from chronic mental disorder with abnormal or violent social behavior. And Richard Ramirez was actually diagnosed with schizophrenia. 
Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, it, what the doctor's saying and how his life was, it all really just makes sense. It does. It does make a lot of sense. So he actually didn't die in the gas chamber like he was sentenced. Yeah. Instead, he died due to a B-cell lymphoma, which is basically a blood cancer at the age of 53 hmm. in 2013. Whoa. Three years after you and I graduated high school, he died. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Again, crazy to think about. Yes, super crazy to think about. It's not that far back. It's not. But we just feel that it is. It feels like forever, but it was not that forever ago. It, like, it really does. Yeah. But, so, also, when someone is sentenced to death, they're able to appeal the sentencing. Okay. California is notorious for having a long appeals process. Mm -hmm. So, if he hadn't died due to the B-cell lymphoma, he would have died by execution in his 70s. Jeez. Which, if he was 53 in 2013... In 2033? Yeah. He would have been 73. Wow. And he would have died in his early 70s. Jesus. Yeah. So anywhere between 2030 to 2035, probably, he would have been executed. Wow. Yeah, which is 10 to 15 years away. Yeah, that is. Yes, and that I mean, is. it doesn't seem like... It doesn't seem like that, but it is. Yeah. Uh -huh. And we would have known about it. We would have been around for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. That's, That's scary. Yeah, that, that is scary. Would have been like, where were you? It's like, I was at home. Yeah. I, like, and I mean, they do allow people to go watch that. I would never go watch that. I, I wouldn't. No, I'd be you. like, I'm gonna, no, <laughs> no. No, I feel like looking in a person's eyes like that, it, that just terrifies me. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see that. No, no, thank you. Yeah. So that, yeah. wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a like, lot to wrap your mind about. It really is. It's a lot. But you know what else? So obviously people get letters in prison and stuff. Mm -hmm. He was receiving so many letters a year, and one of them was from a lady who he ended up having a relationship with. Wow. And marrying. Okay. Yeah. So they were married, and then once um she like well i guess once it came out that mm. he was the one who murdered that nine-year-old little girl yeah she left him oh good 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 for her <laughs> <laughs> she had some sense in her she had some sense. Mm -hmm. but the crazier part is when he was dying like when he was in his late 50s yeah he was engaged to someone who was like 23 what mm -hmm. the hell <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> all right yeah Sure. I mean, I guess. All right, sure. It's yeah. It's like, okay. So his first wife wrote him nearly 75 letters during his incarceration. Oh, my God. So from 1988, probably, mm -hmm. till 2013, she wrote him 75 letters and visited him. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of letters. Honestly, I feel like it should be more. You know what? Yeah, because they're doing the math. and the, mm. That's a lengthy amount of time that he's incarcerated and yeah. so few letters. Yes. And if you're obsessed with this person to the point where you want to marry them. You would write them at least every day to the point to where there's more than 70. But I, she was also going for visits. So, uh, But still, like, yeah. what if you couldn't go for a visit one week? Wouldn't you want to send more than one letter? Yeah, I would assume. I would hope. Right. I don't know. 
I mean, I'm not going to go get locked up for you guys to try. Right, I know. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm, I'm not here for that. I'm stupid enough to do it. I would not survive. <laughs> okay. I probably would. I wouldn't either. No, I probably would. It's you who wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's also said that Ramirez haunts the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles, California, and that patrons have seen him wandering the halls in nothing but his underwear at night. Okay. Yeah, so he stayed there in 1985. Mm. It doesn't disclose the length of his stay. Okay. But if he's haunting it, I don't believe it was like a one-night stand kind of thing. Yeah. There has to be some sort of attachment to it. Yeah, because you don't just hook yourself onto a place that doesn't mean something to you. Yeah, yeah. it's like me haunting 7-Eleven. Yeah, it's no true. <laughs> yeah, no that thanks. makes no sense. It really doesn't. I'd haunt my room. I know, I'd haunt my houses. <laughs> But for those of you who don't know, the Cecil Hotel is also famous for um, a long time ago, like right when it had first opened, I assume, there was a woman who was staying there with her lover, because I don't think they were married, and I think he had a wife, and so, yeah. It was an affair. Yeah. So she ended up getting pregnant, and she knew that he didn't want a baby, and a baby would ruin their relationship, but she didn't know she was pregnant. So one night while they were staying there, she was just sick and she had cramps and she was just like sweating profusely, just going through it all. Yeah. So she ends up going to the bathroom because she doesn't want to wake him and she ends up giving birth to a baby. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. But she knows that a baby would ruin their relationship. It would change everything. He would no longer want her. Yeah. So she ended up throwing the baby out of the window. Jeez. Yes. And patrons have heard um, a baby crying. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That was also in headlines because uh, I forget what year it was, but a Canadian student here on a visa was found face first in the water tower that is on the roof. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. I heard about that case. I was like, what? If you've seen Dark Water with Jennifer Connelly, it's exactly like that. Yeah. I remember that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason that they found out is because guests started complaining that the water was brown. Yeah. Which, it sickens me to think of that. Yeah. Because that is obvious signs of decomposition. Yes, that is. And if you're brushing your teeth with that water, you're showering in that water. Uh, you unknowingly take a drink of that water. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. No, thank you. Please. I am not here for it. No. I don't think I would have stayed there. <laughs> I would not have stayed there either. Another reason it's famous is because American Horror Story, when they did their season with Lady Gaga, was it AHS Hotel? Oh, yeah. Um, Hotel. So that one is based on the Cecil Hotel. That makes a lot of sense now. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I would honestly love to stay there, mm-hmm. but the last time I read on it, it was talking about how it was being turned into luxury apartments or something. Okay. I would honestly get an apartment there. I know you would. Yeah, I just would. All right, no. <laughs> um, but also, like, I would want to go visit because I would want to know what triggers visits from Ramirez. Hmm. That would be pretty cool. Like, is it a certain time of night that he comes out? Is this a, is it a certain day? Does the day correlate with someone that he murdered? Huh. Yeah. And a lot of people have said that they've seen him, like, in a drug-induced state. What? Yeah. Okay, that's... Yeah, there has to be some specific. It sounds like it has to be. Yeah, like, what? what is it? What triggers it? Like, I would want to know. Yeah. Honestly, I would want to know. Right. 
But if you guys want to learn more about the Cecil Hotel, there is a podcast and I'm not sure exactly what streaming services it's on, but it is called Haunted Places, I believe. Probably. Yeah. Um, Maybe. <laughs> I, was, I used to listen to them. I had to stop myself. But mm. I used to listen to them a lot and they talk about all these places that are haunted and it's like worldwide. So there's some in America, there's some in Japan, other places. There's some I would never visit. Yeah. Yeah, like um, Suicide Forest. Oh, yeah, no, no. I wouldn't go there. <laughs> I wouldn't go there either. Nope. <laughs> no, there's there's another one, but I can't remember the name of it right now. Oh, no. No, but there's some on like from that episode and like from that series oh. that just like shook me and I was just like, no. That is. We are never going there. That is. Ever. Um, like Tombstone is on there and Tombstone is in Arizona and I highly recommend going like for a day trip because it is so much fun and I love going to Tombstone. Oh yeah. I've gone multiple times. Huh. But the Birdcage Theater is on that on that podcast. Like they talk about it. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. It's interesting. I like it. That's pretty cool. That sounds like a cool little podcast to listen to, I guess. It is. I don't recommend listening to it when you're going to go to sleep though. Okay. <laughs> it affects your dreams. Don't, don't go don't go, don't listen to it before bed yeah don't pull a tori and do that because that's what i used to do and i would fall asleep to it wow and then it started affecting my dreams yeah would mm-hmm. it, i would assume yeah <laughs> would assume. so i had to stop doing that yeah no wonder. now i just listen to people tell stories oh that's nice yeah it's very <laughs> soothing i just turned my phone off <laughs> <laughs> it's very soothing oh that's cool yeah so let's jump in to our next serial killer again if you guys are still with us Thanks for staying with us. Thanks for staying. <laughs> Thanks for listening. listening through all that gruesomeness. Right? There's just yeah. more. <laughs> There's more. more uh, cool. So this serial killer is an American-born serial killer and sex worker. Yes. She happens to be one of Dan's favorite. Yeah. Just solely based off of the movie about her life. Yeah. And if you haven't guessed it, we are talking about Eileen Warnos. Yep, Eileen Warnos. She was born Eileen Carol Pittman in Rochester, Michigan, to her then 14-year-old mother and 16 year old father well that's super young i like wow yeah that's that's like what <laughs> yeah like my sister is 14 now and i could not imagine that yeah no I, I couldn't either that's just no no nope in 1960 she was adopted by her grandparents and her last name was changed back to her mother's maiden name of warnos okay yeah i think her father was like arrested or something oh yeah mm-hmm. huh yeah So, at the age of 14, she gave birth to a child after being raped by an accomplice of her grandfather's. Uh, She did have a little boy, but I didn't feel right, like, prying into, like, information about him. I know it's public knowledge and everything. Yeah, And it is out there, but it just, it didn't seem right. Yeah, just, like, leave it be. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's her own stuff to deal with. Yeah. Let's just drop it at that. Yeah. But I do wonder if he's still alive. I do too. Uh, So starting at the age of 18, she began her criminal career by partaking in petty crimes such as disorderly conduct, DUIs, and multiple assault cases. So like Ramirez, she had a rough upbringing. Yeah, no, yeah, straight up. Yeah. Yeah, same, same, cut from the same cloth, as they say. Yeah, and so I'm wondering, so totally nothing against sex workers or anything like that. No. But I'm wondering if... The incident that happened when she was 14, yeah. well, 13 probably, mm. maybe. Um, I'm wondering if that incident led her to the life she chose to live. I don't, who knows? Possibly. 
I'm sure it's like it has to have affected her. It has to have self esteem yeah. and yeah, stuff. Oh, oh yeah, uh, it's hard to call. Yeah, I mean, it's not something you want to really pry into and make assumptions about. No, of course know? not. No, of course not. So before she began her life as a serial killer, she met Tyra Moore, who she then began a relationship with and supported their life with her earnings as a sex worker. So she did say that her victims either tried to or did in fact rape her while she was servicing them. Wow. So, again, I don't condone violence. Yeah, no. I don't condone her actions or anything she has done. Yeah. But with her saying that, it reminds me of the number from Chicago, and it's called the Cell Block Tango. Mm -hmm. And if you've never heard it, Listen to it because what I'm about to say will make more sense. She's basically saying that these guys had it coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's just true. Yeah, no, it's true. It's I mean, true. and the cell block tango, that's what they talk about. It's mm-hmm. six women who have either murdered their boyfriends or husbands for various reasons. Yeah. And basically insinuated that they had it coming. They had it coming. She's doing the same thing. Yeah, it's true. Don't condone it. Yeah, we don't condone. Like we don't that. condone at all. But it's the first thing that pops into my head. That's true. When yeah. I think about this. Yeah. And if you listen to the song, you'll understand where I'm coming from. Let's look it up right now. And it'll make a little bit more sense as what I'm talking about. Yep. Look it up. Steve Luck. Wait, what is it called? Cell Block Tango. Thank you. There you we go. Cell Block Tango. <laughs> so Warnos's first victim was a convicted rapist who she claimed to have killed in self-defense because he brutally beat and sodomized her. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, no. And also, her victims were not young people. No, they were actually very middle-aged. Yeah, they were like in their 40s and 50s. I believe the oldest was like 56, maybe? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So, in June 1990, Wernos murdered Peter Symes. Seems? Symes? Sure. I'm not really sure how to pronounce his last name. And so she kept his car for roughly a month before abandoning the car and leaving behind a palm print that would later be key in identifying her as the murderer. So again, we've got a fatal mistake when she left behind a palm print. DNA. (laughs) (laughs) And again, she had been in the system. Yep. So her fingerprints and everything are already on file. Yep. Not only that, but when she abandoned this car, she was with Moore at the time. And there were people, like, bystanders. I said it right this time. You did. (laughs) Applause for me. (laughs) (laughs) So there were bystanders who watched them abandon the car and were able to give descriptions to officers. Yep. I mean, you know... If you know who she is. <laughs> yeah, that's it's... the thing. Eileen Warnos has a very, very distinguishable look to her. Very. Yes. There is no mistaking her, so there's no way that they could have been misidentified to the police. Yeah, because you you would recognize her. Like instantly. Instant, yeah. So during her time as an active serial killer, she murdered seven men in Florida from nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety by shooting them at a point-blank range with her weapon of choice, which was a high-standard twenty-two caliber revolver. Wow. So, unlike Ramirez, she had one weapon that she went to. Just the whole, that little revolver right there. It reminds me of Annie Oakley. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't know who I'm talking I'm about. trying to remember. That's okay. Just, just let it go. Yeah, I'll let it go. In one ear, out the other. All right. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, Wernos and Moore were actually at large until January 1991, 
after abandoning the car, and Warnos went to trial a year later. Wow. Yeah. That's a... See, she got a fast case. She did. I don't know why, what, what happened there. Maybe because it was just that she shot and killed them, and it wasn't burglary, it wasn't sexual uh, assault, it wasn't that, anything else. That could have been it, because she straight up popped dudes in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, she was convicted of six counts of first-degree murder and received six death sentences. She was incarcerated in the Florida Department of Corrections Broward Correctional Institution, Death Row for Women. Wow. That's a long name. That's a lot. You don't need to change that. (laughs) No, you don't. Yeah, you do. Uh, So she was later transferred to the Florida State Prison for her execution. Um... She is quoted to have said that there was no chance in keeping her alive because she would kill again. Wow. Yeah, that's... She's already just like, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, again, like Ramirez, she feels no remorse for what she has done. She really, truly doesn't. That's so... I don't understand that. I don't either. But I guess it's because I'm sane. Yeah. Am I though? No, I'm just kidding. Am I? I'm just kidding. So, again, anyone who receives the death penalty has the right to appeal that decision. So, she was going through her appeal and everything, but in a 2001 petition to the Florida Supreme Court, she stated that her intention was to dismiss her legal counsel and terminate all pending appeals. Wow. She wrote to them that she killed those men, robbed them as cold as ice, and I'd do it again, too. There's no chance in keeping me alive or anything because I'd kill again. I have hate crawling through my system. I am so sick of hearing this. She's crazy stuff. I've been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth. I'm one who seriously hates human life and would kill again. Wow. Yeah. uh, So unlike Ramirez, she was a born psychopath. Yeah, no. Psycho or socio. I can't decide right now. I can't either. I can't. So when this came out, her attorneys argued that she was not mentally competent and they wanted the judge to throw out the request because she couldn't make it. Yeah. So Warnos actually insisted that she knew what she was doing. And so you know how courts like appoint lawyers and stuff like that? Yeah. So they actually appointed a panel of psychiatrists to evaluate her and everything. Okay. And that panel agreed that she knew exactly what she was doing. She was sane and she was competent. Wow. Yeah. I just, I can't. Like, I can't either. It's, that's that's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot to take in. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So, unlike Ramirez, she was actually executed by the prison. On October 9th, 2002, at 9.47 a.m., she was executed by lethal injection. Oh. And that, of course, is where they inject you with a chemical into your arm. Of course. I don't know which exact chemical it is. It's got to be something. Something strong. Yeah, It has been said that her last words were, Yes, I would like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus. June 6th, like the big movie, big mothership and all, I'll be back. I'll be back. Wow. So, obviously, there's some mental instability there to say such outlandish things. Yeah. But you gotta give it to her. She's got good taste in movies. She does. Oh, no, yeah, she does. Yeah. Yeah, she she got got good taste there. Again, just making light of the situation at hand. We're not, yeah, we're just... We're not <laughs> condoning her actions. No, no, we're not. We're just like, that's what we do. We yeah. just make light of the situation. And jokes in the, like, the most inappropriate times. It's it's true. It's yeah. very true. 
I made one at my grandma's funeral and it was not appropriate. Oh no. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what she is quoted to have said before she passed away. Oh wow. Yeah. So inmates on death row are offered a last meal. Okay. She was offered hers, but she instead refused it and opted for a cup of coffee instead. Okay. Yeah. That's uh I wouldn't have picked that, but sure. I think I would have wanted something to eat. Yeah. I don't know, though. I love food. So. But I don't know, because, like, I mean, it has to pass through your system. And, like, your internal organs are still working and everything. Uh, and there yeah. are bodily functions that happen after you die. That's very true. So maybe kind of she low. had a good point there. Yeah, she probably did, actually. <laughs> maybe picking coffee was not such a bad idea. That, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and her last meal could have been anything under $20. That's how it works. Um, some states are different. Some let you just pick and choose whatever you want and there's no limitation on like the price amount. Other states do have a set price limit. I know in the state of Texas, I think they revoked the right for inmates to have a last meal because there was an inmate and I don't remember his exact name and I don't remember the exact list, but he ordered over 20 items and did not eat a single one of them. That is, wow. A waste of food. That is a waste of food. And yeah. waste of people's time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Jeez. So there have been many movies and documentaries and books written about Warnos and the life she lived. Like we stated earlier, the most notable was the 2003 film Monster starring Charlize Theron. That was made a year after she died. That was... That's wow. Dull. I didn't realize that until I'm like reading it out loud Save and like you. talking about it. Save you. Yeah. Yeah, wow, that's... That's crazy. That is really crazy. That was so recent when... Oh, my God. And if you haven't seen that movie, I highly recommend it. Oh, it's good. But also, what rock have you been living under? Right? I know. What (laughs) rock have you been living under that you haven't seen that? (laughs) And Charlize Theron does a really good job of portraying Eileen Warnos. Oh, yeah. Like we said, she had a very, very distinguishable look to her. And the resemblance in the movie is uncanny it's just like it just looks like you're watching eileen warnos act in a movie about her life yeah it's not even charlie's at this point yeah it's just amazing it's i want to say is one of the best method acting that i have seen in a very long time yeah and it is also one of the best movies about a serial killer that i have seen because there's others like zodiac with robert downey jr mm-hmm. um then there's like the confession tapes uh and that's about ted bundy with like Zach Efron. Okay. Or whatever that That was one Zach is. Efron? Uh-huh. Zach Efron played Ted Bundy. And Ted Bundy happens to be my favorite serial killer. Okay. Weird to say. Go, go ahead. Say it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I'll just put that out there. All right. But, um, yeah. So, that one... That one was okay. Mm. But Monster is one of the best films about serial killers out there. Because it just, like, it hits it out of the park. Everything to a T. Oh, no misunderstanding. Yeah. It's... It's great. It's great. Yeah. So if you've been with us for a while, you know that we like to talk about food. And we mentioned this before. So Eileen Warnos had a cup of coffee as her last meal. Yep. John Wayne Gacy had a bucket of KFC fried chicken and not just a small one, a big one. Oh. He had 12 fried shrimp, French fries, and and one pound of strawberries. I hate how that made me hungry. (laughs) I don't think that's the point of this. It's I know, not supposed to I know, I know. It's not. It's just. It's interesting. <laughs> it's just. Weird. So Ted Bundy. This one's debatable because some 
references say that he refused it and some say that he ate it Mm. so we're just gonna say that he refused it okay and it would have been steak eggs toast hash brown juice milk and coffee okay talk about a good breakfast that is a really good breakfast honestly yeah i wouldn't mind oh i wouldn't mind the eggs i'll take it all (laughs) i I wouldn't mind the eggs and the milk i'll take it all oh you know what no exclude the milk (laughs) i'm not a milk guy (laughs) right i just I can't. I can have it with cereal, but not but on its own. I just. I can't. Yeah, I can't do that I either. Just don't. I can't do it in general. Mm-mm. So there is this other man, and I believe his name is Victor Fugwer. Figwer? I don't even know. <laughs> Victor F. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's a convicted murderer and the last federal inmate executed in the United States before the moratorium on the death penalty following Furman versus Georgia. He was also the last person to be put to death in the state of Iowa. And he had a single olive. That's weird. So his is based on a picture. I forget who the actual artist is, but there is a picture out there of a single olive on a plate with a fork and a knife. Okay. And he's paying homage to that. All right. That, 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 that's pretty. Okay. I understand now. No. That's <laughs> like the weirdest thing ever. It is okay. weird. It's still weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to do that at all. I was like, well, I, I wouldn't either what's the point i mean i get it but no <laughs> i'm gonna get I'm, I'm gonna have my 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 food right <laughs> my me too but uh what would your last meal be seven tacos okay beans and rice very specific anything yeah. to drink pepsi right. <laughs> yeah. well that's good to know oh yeah yeah i don't have one no Mm-mm. wow i'm too i'm too particular to narrow it down you know what it's true i know that there would be a pickle involved and i know yep. that there would be mint chocolate chip ice cream involved okay but other than that i don't know what? yeah like chicken nuggets possibly tacos maybe yeah, yeah. like yeah. i don't know don't i know. couldn't i couldn't <laughs> narrow it down enough mom actually has one though oh really hers is steak and eggs no steak and potatoes oh yeah okay that sounds good she is one of those people who's very happy just eating steak and potatoes okay so that would be her last meal that's pretty good yeah that's good that, that that's delicious to me I mean, I, yeah i mean I, I probably want another thing on the side but you know <laughs> <laughs> I, probably mushrooms yeah i rice mac and cheese i don't know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that's a lot i'm of, just making myself i was hungry. gonna say that's a lot of starch but like you're gonna die so what does it matter what's the point <laughs> there's no point <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh, this yeah. is true facts <laughs> there you have it yeah. would you ever write an inmate no Okay. Yeah. Why? No. <laughs> so you don't want to I know, I know. Cool. Uh, no, no, it's just, uh, it's just, it really, uh, they, I mean, they've done things. Okay. You know, that, like, it, I can't be like, you know, how was, what, how was your day? How was your, what would you think about this TV show? And then they write something, it's like, oh, okay, that's not exactly yeah. at all what I wrote back, wrote to you, but all right. I mean, I understand it. I mean, to an extent, their mail is checked, so you can't outwardly ask questions about things. Yeah. Because I'm sure their mail gets read, and I'm sure their response to you gets read back as well. Of course. So I'm sure there would be some monitor on what they would have to say and what they were allowed to say. Yeah. It's interesting, though. It is interesting. I would do it. I know you would. No hesitation, I would do it. Of course, I know you would. (laughs) (laughs) Does it terrify me? Yes, because I would not want to know the gruesome, gory details of the crimes they committed. Yeah. It's more that I want to, I don't want to say psychoanalyze them, but I want to get into their head and I want to see 
what it is that triggered them to lead this lifestyle because society has written them off and i'm not defending them in any way with this no society has written them off and stereotyped them as most serial killers ted bundy included as having parental issues when they were growing up yeah and so because of a lack of a father a lack of a mother um they ended up this way yeah as a stereotype yeah like it It affected them so badly that they saw attention and affection and this is how they did it. And I think to a certain extent that is true because if you look at Ramirez, his family life did influence his future life and the things that he did. If you look at Eileen Warnos, I'm sure the incidents that happened when she was a child did affect her in some way. Yeah, definitely. caused her to turn, like her life to turn out the way it did. Yeah. But I don't think that's the case. For every single serial killer. And I feel like a lot of them have just been shoved under that branch. Yeah. Of just the stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just like we'll just push them to the side without ever really getting to know what it was. And that's the thing for me is that I would want to get to know what it was. Yeah. Want to dive deep. I do. And that's the thing like... And I'm sorry if, like, you don't know me and I just burst your bubble. Right. But I'm really... I'm <laughs> She's really, there what I expect you to do. <laughs> yeah. I am really fascinated by the dark and creepy stuff like this. Like, serial killers, haunted places, ghosts, all that kind of stuff really fascinates me and I'm here for it. Yeah, sure. And I love just, like, reading about it. Yeah. So I'm sorry if I burst your bubble. Right. <laughs> and again, I don't condone their behavior. I don't idolize them or yes. anything like that. No condone. It is, yeah. It is more of a psychoanalysis and the mental capacity of it because like john wayne gacy's brain was examined and a lot of it is that you can take a look at it and see if there is anything missing like brain tissue or anything like that did a chemical imbalance have effect on him and that's the stuff that interests me it's not their crimes no it's not anything like that no but if you stayed with us this long yeah Hi. Hi. I know, right? Thanks. Learn something new about each other. That's true. Maybe you're into this kind of stuff too. Right. I don't know. (laughs) Again, um, thank you for listening to our podcast. Yeah, it really means a lot. There is another podcast. I know it's on Apple Music or Apple Podcast, and it's called Serial Killers. And they talk about so many, and it's not just American ones. They also talk about like the Barbie and Ken killers and all these other people and it's very interesting to listen to so if you have a peaked interest now because of our conversation yes i definitely recommend checking that podcast out because it will probably be a while before i open up and post another <laughs> podcast <laughs> about my obsession with serial killers it'll again. be it'll be a bit <laughs> it definitely will yeah but with that thanks for joining us yeah i'm tori i'm dan and this has been chat after hours <laughs>